Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to South Coast Christian. We're so glad that you're here today. If you're a guest with us, we want to say welcome to you. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, it's going to be a wonderful day. Already just worship alone was awesome, wasn't it? Amen? It's just great to gather together and worship the Lord and, and praise His name. And uh, I know that it touches all of heaven as we're worshiping here on earth. So uh, thank you so much, worship team, and all that make a priority of this. So before we get started, uh, just real quick, uh, I want to mention our sound person. Normally it's always back there, Jeff Wallace. Uh, he is actually in the hospital right now. He's not doing, uh, he's had some problems, and so he's in the hospital, and uh, we just need to be praying for him. It's not COVID, by the way. Uh, it's just, it's something else that he's having to deal with, and uh, an infection, and so be praying. Uh, he might be out for two or three weeks. Uh, I want to welcome Chuck. Chuck, thank you for coming in. Yeah, right here. Chuck, you're awesome. Uh, Chuck is actually responsible for our audio, video, and lighting, and so if you have any complaints, go see Chuck afterwards. No. Please don't do that. But no, he was, he was a contractor that helped us do all this together, and I just am so grateful for Chuck and his team and uh, what they have been able to uh, pull together and put together. It's just been awesome, and we love our new facility. Amen? Amen. Amen. So uh, we are in a series uh, all day, every day. It's the study of the book of James. Uh, we've been going chapter by chapter. We have two more weeks left. We have this week and then next week. Don't miss next week. Next week is really important because James ends on prayer all day, every day. It's going to be really powerful. If you've ever wondered how to pray, don't miss next week because James really walks us through that whole idea. And so we're going to be talking about prayer. This week we're talking about more on finances because that's where James is hitting. And so we're going to be walking into uh, that today. Uh, But I want to share with you today. And let me just, anytime I talk about finances in the church, it gets really quiet. So I need, yeah, I need some life back, okay? Because otherwise your pastor starts to feel, you know, demoralized. And I need you guys to go, yeah, amen, amen. So uh, uh, I'm just following the book of James. So don't think, I'm, man, how did Pastor Tom know? I don't know. The Holy Spirit knows. I don't know, okay? So just, there you go. Uh, but we're, and welcome online. Uh, if you're joining us online, we're so glad that you're here. I'm sorry I heard first service we had some technical difficulties, not with us, but with Vimeo that we use as a platform. But we're back up and running for second service, so we're so grateful for that. But in this series in the book of James, uh, just a reminder, the book of James is written to some Jewish believers. Oh, Echo Jehai, you're dismissed. I always forget that. Thank you guys. Echo Jehai is dismissed. Uh, James writes this book to Jewish believers who had basically kind of lost their way. Uh, They stopped obeying God's word, and James is reminding them, hey, you know what? You've gotten out of your rhythm for your faith. You're not obeying God's word. I am calling you back to obey God's word, to follow these instructions because you need it for your life. And and they had drifted away from the central truth of God's word, and he wants to reestablish that in their lives because James knows that godly actions will bring stability into their life. If you ever find yourself kind of wavering all the time and you're just feeling like up and down all the time, guess what you can do? Put your faith into action. Put your faith into obedience of God's word and you just watch your life. All of a sudden you'll start finding stability in your life because no longer is your life all of a sudden based on the things of this world. All of a sudden you're basing your life on Jesus Christ and the kingdom of heaven and all of a sudden it brings it into priority and it makes an adjustment in you where things around here that happens, guess what? I'm still stable because I have Christ in my life. 
Just a good word there for us to follow. Um, your pastor follows that. I need that at times in my own life. So we need it all day, every day. Amen? Amen. So in the first uh, part of chapter 5, I encourage you to turn, if you have your Bibles with you today or your device, uh, smartphone, whatever, uh, turn to J- James chapter 5. And James focuses on wealth and riches and how, the, how ungodly faith can lead us into corruption. And I want to read the first, fir- first four verses of James 5. Uh, here to us today. So let's go. Um, James writes, Look here, you rich people. Weep and groan with anguish because of all the terrible troubles ahead of you. Your wealth is rotting away and your fine clothes are moth-eaten rags. Your gold and silver are corroded. The very wealth you were counting on will eat away at your flesh like fire. This corroded treasure you have hoarded will testify against you on the day of judgment. For listen... Hear the cries of the field workers whom you have cheated out of their pay. The cries of those who harvest your fields have reached the ears of the Lord of heaven's armies. We're going to stop right there. Let's pray. Lord, I pray right now. um, We thank you for your presence. We feel your presence in this place. But I pray, God, that by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you will bring your word um, alive into our hearts. So, Lord God, it will have a change effect in us. I pray, God, that we don't just hear your word and, and not be doers, as James says, but, Lord God, we are hearers of your word, and we are also doers of your word. Let it be a life-changing moment here today, I pray, in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. So in these scriptures, James is clearly giving a warning to the rich who have gained wealth through dishonesty. And let me just level the platform here for you today. If you are sitting here today and you own a car, and you have a place to live, and you have food in your refrigerator, you are one of the richest people in the world. So just be aware of that. As we talk about this, sometimes we would want to just, uh, this doesn't apply to me, I'm not rich. If you're living in America, you're probably rich right here compared to the rest of the world. So let's apply it to all of our lives right now. In these scriptures, James is giving a warning to the rich. He's warning them about greedy behavior, how the focus of their life has been really built around selfishness. Uh, the way they used their riches was not, was not to serve others, but basically their riches was only to serve themselves. It's opposite of God's commandments. We talk about the two commandments that Jesus gave us. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And what's the second one? Another. Love one another. Love others. And these, these rich people were practicing the opposite of loving one another. And what James is describing in these first five verses is the result of worldly or ungodly faith. Ungodly faith is having your faith in the worldly resources of this, the the possessions of this world, instead of having your faith in God. Ungodly faith over time will produce a greedy person, an unhappy person, because guess what? Your, Your faith or your happiness is always going to go up and down with your wealth or your riches. But I want to share with you today that godly faith produces generosity. Godly faith will produce a generous person. Let's look at these verses and discover what we should not do. And then let's look at what happens if we apply godly faith to our wealth or to our resources. First, godly faith doesn't hoard wealth. We don't hoard, this is mine. But, you know, if you've ever had a toddler, you have to go through that stage. Mine, 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 mine. Uh, you know, they're always saying mine, 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 mine. You have to teach them how to share and how to... Well, godly faith is automatic in our spirit that we're going to share. We're going to help one another. It doesn't hoard wealth. James is speaking directly to those who 
find their security in wealth. And James writes that their treasure is corroding and rotting away. Now, we know that silver and gold doesn't necessarily corrode or rot away in the, the way James is writing here. But what he's talking about, if you leave silver and gold outside, over time, it will discolor. It will start looking like it's not valuable. And you have to clear away everything that's around it. And I really believe what James is speaking to here is that the rich people had this wealth. And they were not willing to help those that were in desperate need. Those that were in poverty, they were just hoarding this wealth. And James is writing, it's not, it's not going to be of any good use to you because you're not using it to bless God. You're not using it for the kingdom of God. It's going to corrode away. You're not going to receive any blessing when you get into heaven because you haven't used any of the resources that God has given you for his purpose. So the question is, what are you doing with the blessings of God, the, God, the blessings that God has given you, and that that's the question we should be asking ourselves. James writes at the end of verse 3, You have corroded, or you have hoarded your corroded treasures. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, he says, and I share this verse often, especially at, at offering time. So wait for that at the end. No, I'm not, I'm not going to share that one at the end of service. But it says, don't store up for yourselves treasures here on earth, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Why did Jesus say that? Why did Jesus give us that, that, that idea, that thought? And you've heard the old saying, you'll never see a, 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 a U-Haul truck following behind a hearst. You're not going to be able to take what you have gathered here in this world. You're never going to be able to take it with you anywhere else. So why not be generous and help? Help others. Help other people. That's who we are as followers of Christ. It reminds me of the parable of the, of the, the, the people that get the three talents, the five talents, the two talents, the one talent. And uh, how, and remember what happened? The person that had the one talent, they buried it because of what? Fear. If you read that story, the parable that Jesus shares, they were fearful of losing the master's talent. So they just buried it until the master returned. And the parable is all about our relationship with our heavenly father. And so this, this man buried his talent. The two people that used their talents, it says in scripture, they doubled what they had. The one that had five had 10 and the one that had two had four. And, and, the, and the, the master came back and he said, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Because they'd used the talent that God had given him, the resources that God had given him. And it's not just money. This could be talents that you have been gifted with that God is asking you to use to help others. And, he, and he, they used those in a good way. But the one that buried, the one that buried the talent, what did the master call him? Wicked and evil servant. Wicked and evil servant. That's what he called him because he took the, what God had blessed him with and didn't use it to help anyone else. This is the Bible, guys. I'm just preaching the Bible. So if anyone's getting uncomfortable, say amen. No, just eat. Um, over time, wealth will eat away at you if you put your trust in wealth instead of in God. And I see it happen all the time. I see people that are miserable. They're unhappy. They're unloving. It, they, they're untrusting. They have so much confidence in wealth that they no longer have confidence in God or even their fellow man. They end up living isolated and lonely lives. They live in a small, kind of a smallness in their life, insignificant, because they're, their total investment has been in the riches instead of in people. And God says, no, no, put people first. And if you put people first, I'm going to continue to bless you and give you more so that you can be a blessing to others. Now let me share another truth here today. This doesn't just happen to the wealthy. I see poor people who put their trust in money as well. 
They might not have it, but as they were, the way they live their life, they believe in their mind and in their heart, if I only have money, that would solve all my issues. It's not just the rich, it's the rich and the poor. Paul writes to Timothy, he says these words, 1 Timothy 6.10, and thank you for the few amens because that's encouraging me right now. It says, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Now let's make sure that we understand what, he, what Paul wrote there. He didn't say, for money is the root of all kinds of evil. He said, for the love of money, it's where your heart is. If your heart is about your possessions, about your riches, guess what? That is not of God because our first priority is God first. And God blesses. There's many rich people in the Bible, by the way. David was rich. Solomon was rich. Abraham was rich. There was a lot of ladies that were following Jesus when Jesus was doing. They were rich and they were supporting his ministry. It's about our relationship with God and that our heart is not after riches, but our heart is after God. Money is just an instrument that represents wealth or resources. I've made this illustration in, in the past. and I left my wallet down there. If I had a $100 bill and I put it in my hand, that $100 bill becomes kind of who I am. Because basically how I'm going to use that $100 bill is all reflection of where my heart is at. If it put a $100 bill in someone else's hand, how they use that $100 bill is all a reflection of the heart. Money has no personality. It takes on the personality of the person who has it. And a godly person, a person who goes after God, a child of God, when they have resources in their hand, guess what? It takes on their personality, and that's what James is writing here. Hey, we need to allow godliness, godliness to bring generosity Upon our life. Money or wealth in the hands of godly people can be used in phenomenal ways. It can be used to promote ministry. It can be used to help feed the poor. It can be used to create opportunities for those in need. I've watched many people who have put their money to good use and they live vibrant and fulfilled lives. They get older and when they get older in years and they look back on their life, they're fulfilled because they realize that they used their wealth, they used their talents, they used their money to bless others. They look back, they don't just see money, they see people. That's what's important in our life. It's not necessarily an easy life. People are not easy, you know that? You'll find that out at Thanksgiving here in a little bit. It's not always easy. But God has called us to what? Not love money, but to love love others, love people. Amen. Boy, you guys are getting this. I might have to cut this short. You guys are so doing so well. Okay, I won't. Um, don't, Lord, forgive me my lie. Um, when God blesses us, we need to be careful to use his provision for something that truly matters. Because I believe we'll give an account of how we use God's resources, because this includes our talents. And that whole parable that Jesus shared about the talents is all about resources, about what God has given us to use. And there's nothing wrong with being blessed by God. There's nothing wrong with being rich. There's nothing wrong about finances. There's nothing. The Bible says that there's going to be the rich and there's also going to be the poor. We're going to have both. That's just going to be part of life. But remember in, James, in chapter 3, when James mentions that someone who has a gift of teaching, that they're going to be held more accountable than others. Do you remember that scripture? We talked about that a few weeks ago. Why is that? It was because they've been given a gift by God, and because they're a good teacher, they, if, they don't, if they don't teach well, they can actually stray people away. 
from the kingdom of God. And they're going to be held accountable for that. So for me as a pastor, for me as a, someone that preaches God's word, I'm going to be held accountable if I don't preach God's word accurately because I could lead people astray. I think that all of us are going to be held accountable, maybe not the same level as a teacher, but we're going to all be held accountable with the talents that we've been given. Have we used them for God's glory? Have we used them for God's glory? Another important truth is that godly faith is to be honest when acquiring wealth. It needs to be honest when acquiring wealth. Some people will elevate money over people. They will elevate building their personal kingdom over the lives of others. In verse 4, James is warning that God hears the cries of the disenfranchised. He hears them. It's wrong to take advantage of people's circumstances and, and cheat them out of their wages. Don't build on the backs of poverty while you live in luxury and wealth. That, don't do that. That's what James is writing about. James is not saying that there won't be wealthy people and there won't be poor people. But we have an obligation as wealthy people to help others. We do. It's, I'm just going to get really vulnerable here. It's as simple as my wife and I, we support, and I'm not saying this to brag about me, but I'm saying about how to keep my heart from being greedy. We support different children around the world. We, just, we, we, we put out morning Convoy of Hope and Compassion International and, and the Latin American Child Deal. We do that because, you know what? I need that in my heart. I need to be generous. We support this church. We support other organizations. We give out of our wealth because, you know what? I want to make a difference. And I never want to all of a sudden answer to God, why I gave you these? Why, why didn't you use them in a greater way for me, my purposes? And so for me, and you have to find that in your heart, where you want to land in this area this is James teaching. This is not Pastor Tom, but I'm sharing you with what Pastor Tom and his heart is doing. James is saying that, you know what, wealth is not bad. How we use our wealth can make all the difference in the world. Um, godly values will always try to catch us. I want you to, if you want to write something down, write this down. Godly values will always try to lift up others in time of need. They will never take advantage of people's circumstances. Years ago when I was a teenager... Um, there was a man who uh, had got indebted, uh, made some bad investments, made some unwise choices, and um, basically borrowed against his house. True story. Um, um, his house was going to, he couldn't make the payments any longer. His house was going to go in foreclosure if he couldn't sell his house. So he found a realtor, uh, a man who was willing to sell his house, and, and uh, he knew that he didn't have a ton of time because it was going to go in foreclosure. So they, they put the house up on the market, and they, the realtor actually did a really good job and found a buyer for the house. And, and they were going to, you know, buy the house, and this man, would, he had quite a bit of equity still in the house, even though he couldn't make the payment any longer. And, and, uh, and this is years ago. Um, but what took place is all of a sudden uh, the realtor kept on telling this, this man, he says, you know what? We can't close on this house right now. There's this problem, there's this problem. They kept on making up excuses. And pretty soon before the man understood what was taking place was the, the house went into foreclosure. And so then it was, went to the sheriff's auction and it was sold at a sheriff's auction. Now, here's the, here's, the, here's the question I have. Do you know who bought the house at the sheriff's auction? It was the realtor's buyer. That had really originally showed the house in the very first place. What, he had, what they had figured out is that, hey, if we can just delay this long enough, we can pay pennies on the dollar. We don't have to pay this price. We can pay pennies on the dollars because this is going to go into auction anyhow. I can come back and buy the house at that point, and I'll give you a cut on the side because I know you're going to get out of your... Real See, that's dishonest. 
That's dishonest. That's not helping a person in need. That's looking at finances instead of looking at people. True story that took place. Godly values will always try to lift up others in need and never take advantage of others. Worldly faith puts a priority on money over people. Worldly faith doesn't care about what happens to people. It only cares about my money. If you get into that situation, if you get there, we all get there. I've been there. Look at my, oh, look at my mutual fund. That's good. Oh, wow, look at my house. Man, it's really going. When I start feeling that, I give another check. Because I've always found generosity, guess what? It beats down that spirit of greed that can so easily slip into our life. I believe how we handle our money and our possessions is a direct reflection on our faith in God. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 states this. Honor the Lord with your wealth. And I was reading that verse and I started thinking about this. I'm a pretty simple person. Honor the Lord with your wealth. Okay, I can do that. But then that means I could dishonor the Lord with my wealth. If I can honor the Lord with my wealth, I can do the opposite as well. That should all of a sudden wake us up. How are we honoring God? How are we doing? Are we honoring God or dishonoring God? As followers of Jesus, we are called to honor the Lord with our wealth. Godly faith, third thing I want to share with you today, godly faith is also being generous with your wealth. James doesn't mention generosity in this passage of Scripture, but you must presume this direction because he takes a stance against greed. And I believe the only way that you battle greed in your life is by being generous, is choosing to help others, is choosing to help and support the body of Christ, the local church, is choosing to use your finances to make a difference in this world. In Proverbs, it states these words in verses, chapter 19, verse 17. It says, whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord. Proverbs 19 and 17. I know it's not on the screen. Write it down. Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will reward them for what they have done. Catch that thought. Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord. Did you catch that thought? When you're generous to others, you are actually doing the duty of God on behalf of God. You're making a difference in someone's life on behalf of God. And he sees you and he recognizes what you're doing. You're lending your finances, your riches on behalf of God. And he says, ah, I need, see, God needs more of those. God's not looking for less people. He's looking for more people that are willing to step out in faith and use the resources that he's given you. In generosity. Think about that. It's a pretty amazing thought. One of the scriptures I use in Luke 6.38 that I love, because they're Jesus' words. He says, given will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For the measure that you use will be measured back to you. And that's just not finances. I've talked about that. Some people have come to me and they say, man, I just don't have any friends. No one loves me. No one cares. I say, well, how's your love meter? Are you giving out love? Are you being friendly to others? Because if you're not being friendly to others, guess what? You're not going to probably have many friends because you can feel that. You've got to be loving and kind to others if you want to have love and kind come back to you. If you want to be blessed by God, give. And guess what? It's going to be given back to you. If you want to be forgiven, then don't hold a grudge and not forgive someone else. Guess what? Step out and forgive somebody else. And guess what? God says you'll be forgiven. That's the scripture. He says, how can I forgive you if you're not willing to forgive your brother? That's in the Bible. Tell them the truth. See, when we give, God says, ah, 
there's a giver. I'm going to continue to give back to that person. There's a gentleman in our church. In fact, he's here today. I don't want to embarrass him, but I asked him last week if I could share this story, and he said I could. Um, Art, love you, my friend. Art is the owner of Las Colagrinas. Uh, how many have eaten at Las Colagrinas before? Yeah. See, give him a round of applause for good Mexican food. Woo! It's good stuff. And he has several locations. But it's several years ago. We sat down for lunch one day, and we were eating, and we were just carrying conversation. And I said to Art, I said, Art, tell me, what, what gives you the most pleasure about owning your business? What, what do you find rewarding about your business? And really quickly, he made this comment to me. He just said, you know what, Pastor Tom, he said, the, the greatest reward is that I'm able to provide jobs for people in need. And I thought, how cool is that? I don't know how many they employ, 60, 70, 80 people, whatever it is, 100 people. But one of the greatest pleasures in his life is to be able to give opportunity to others, to be able to fund others because they needed a job. He has a place that can, that, that can provide for others. And I thought, that is a godly response. Because what he, how he responded, it wasn't about the money. It was about how he could help others. It makes a big difference in life. Love the story. Putting priority of people over money. For the last few minutes, everybody okay? Okay, just making sure. We talked about money and finances. That gets difficult at times. Come on, Latasha, thank you. Um, for the last few minutes, I want to shift gears a little bit. Because James writes in verses 7 through 12 some powerful words. And we're just going to read verses 7 through 8. But you can skim through the rest as I'm preaching if you want to. But continue to live, listen to my words as I'm speaking. But verses 7 through 8 says, Dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Consider the farmers who patiently wait for the rains in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. You too must be patient. Take courage, for the coming of the Lord is near. Amen. Amen. I'm ready anytime. Here in this passage of Scripture... James has basically shifted some gears here. He's gone from warning the rich, and now he's encouraging those who are waiting upon the Lord. And as you read verse 10, this is specifically is referring to those who have been oppressed by the rich. You see, in Jesus' day, there really wasn't a big class system. Uh, there wasn't like what we have in America, a big middle class um, in Jesus' day, there was the rich, and then there was the poor or the peasants. There wasn't a whole lot in between. And, and the, most, the most of the population, guess what, ended up in the poor section. They were in the peasant section. And uh, the rich had a lot of control, a lot of authority over the poor, even to what taxes they were going to be able to pay or not pay, because that's one of the ways that some of the rich people were getting rich was through the taxes. They were, they were the elite ruling class of the day. And in the New Testament, there was little opportunity uh, for a person that was poor to get out of poverty. There was just, there was just was a lot of hopelessness. And James is encouraging these believers. This is who he's mainly speaking to. He said, don't give up hope. Endure. Be patient. You see, they were not only living in poverty, but they were also living under persecution. They were living under daily persecution and they were living under daily poverty. And James is telling them, don't give up hope. Endure. Be patient for the Lord is at hand. And this is the second thought, main point I want to share with you today is godly faith produces endurance. 
It produces patience. James is addressing his brothers and sisters who have been going through difficult times. Just be patient. Just endure. Just as God delivered the Israelites out of bondage from Egypt, guess what? Your Savior, Jesus Christ, will deliver you out of the bondage that you're in right now. You know, sometimes it can be discouraging to be living in a world where you see ungodly actions, many ungodly decisions that persecute people unfairly. We live in America, and whatever you might think about America, let me remind you that it's still far superior to most countries around this globe. We are. We live in a wonderful country. I know we have our issues. I know we have our problems. I know we have our difficulties. But there are many societies who live in no freedom of choice. They have no religious freedom at all. They live under constant tyranny where the laws are corrupt and they only favor the elite. They live under constant persecution with little hope for the future. And that's why me as a pastor, if you understand where I go, I don't talk a lot about politics here at the church. Some people want me to. I don't. I don't talk a lot about uh, I, I love America, but it's never above my love for God. And so for me, sometimes people fall in love with America too much. You know what? America is really not mentioned in Scripture in the end times. <laughs> kind of gone, guys, just FYI. So if you keep putting your hope in America, mm, I wouldn't do that. Our hope must be in God. James is reminding his readers that this current world system that we live under will not always be. There's a day that is coming where a new king will reign and all the injustices of this world will be made right. But until that time, we are called to live a godly faith. Stop grumbling, stop complaining, stop judging, and start living out your faith that believes in God's goodness and God's kindness and God's gentleness and God's love. We endure and continue to represent God's love and God's grace and God's mercy to all those around us. That's who we are as followers of Jesus Christ. That's who we are as children of God. We are to be the light into the darkness, not the darkness into the light. We are the light into the darkness. We are to be making a difference. Even under oppression, even under difficulties, even under difficult circumstances, we are still called to be light. In darkness, we are called to make a difference in, the, in this world. And that we do that with God's love on our life. There's a judgment day coming. And the king of glory will sit on his throne to judge the righteous and the unrighteous. That will be an interesting day. And do you know the only difference between the righteous and the unrighteous? Jesus. Jesus. That's the only difference. The blood of Jesus Christ. We have our faith in a Savior who is perfect, who came on from, da- from heaven down to this earth. The Son of God died on a cross to forgive me of my sins. And only, only if I put my faith in Jesus Christ do I have salvation. That's what the Word of God says. It's, there's only one way into heaven it is through Jesus Christ as followers of Jesus when you choose to follow Jesus guess what you've been grafted into the family of God don't lose sight of who you are don't lose sight of what God has called you to do don't lose sight of godliness patience and endurance doesn't mean that you sit on your hands and do nothing it means that you don't allow and catch us it means that you don't allow the injustices of this world to distract you from the mission that God has called you to do. So many times what happens as believers, and I've done this, 
it gets discouraging. You hear this, you watch too much news, turn off the news, pray. Oh my gosh, can you imagine if we turned the news off and we spent that time praying what would happen in this world? We're talking about prayer next week, just FYI. We're called to make a difference. But what happens is we get distracted by all the things of this world. This is not our world, guys. I know we live in it, and that's good, and we occupy it. God calls us to occupy this world. That's, that's fine. But this is not our home. Our home is in heaven. Let's live accordingly. In verses 10 and 11, James refers to the prophets who never stopped preaching the message of repentance. Even under persecution, they kept preaching the message of repentance. He talks about the faithfulness of Job. When everything around Job, if you know the story about Job, he lost everything. And even his own body had boils on it. He was being, his flesh was being eaten while he was still living. And it, it looked like hopelessness. But you know what happened to Job? He never gave up hope. He kept his hope and faith in Jesus Christ all day, every day. He knew what his mission was, and that was to honor and to glorify God. We are called to be patient and to trust God while fulfilling the mission that he has called us for our life. Today, I want to encourage you, let's be faithful, let's endure, and let's keep following after Jesus. Amen? Lord, I thank you for your word today. I thank you. It states in your word that it will not return void. There's something that happens as your word is preached and is shared. That by the power of your Holy Spirit, it takes on life in us. And God, I pray that has happened for each and every one of us today. That something is stirring in our hearts that's drawing us closer and closer to you. I thank you for what you're doing in our life. I just feel for just a moment, heads bowed, eyes closed for just a moment. I don't do this a lot do this some, but I really do it when I feel like the Lord is impressing me to do so. If you're here today and you just kind of got, for the first time, the understanding of who Jesus is, maybe you've never really made, connected the dots, but Jesus loves you. He died on the cross for you. And he wants you to put your faith in him. And if you're here today and you've never made that choice, and maybe you're watching us online today, and you're sitting at home and you think, man, I know this is an interesting message. and how, But you know what? God wants you today. All day, every day, He wants you following after Him. If you're here today and you just say, Pastor Tom, I want to make that choice to follow after Jesus. I have, I have just made some really stupid decisions. I didn't know that God would forgive me, that God can forgive me, but He does. If you have a, if you have a heart of repentance, He forgives you. All day, every day, He'll continue to forgive you if you're just following after him. If that's you today, if you want to raise your hand, just raise your hand real high. Anybody here today? Hallelujah, Jesus. If you're online with us today, if you made a decision to follow Christ, I encourage you to connect with us this week. Maybe just tell the host, hey, I made that choice to follow Jesus today. Let's pray this prayer. Um, f- just say this prayer with me today. And I just feel compelled to make this a statement in our lives. Amen? So everybody share this prayer with me today. Lord Jesus, I choose to follow you. I say no to sin. Say yes to you. Give me the power of your Holy Spirit. Help me to do what is right. Help me to be a generous person, a loving person, a kind person. Lead me each and every day, I ask. 
in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. God bless you. Will you stand with us today? I'm going to be back in just a few minutes. But stand and worship with us today. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.